0: A uh, message on the the series: The battle is real. In church, we are in a battle. Christian, you are in a battle, and uh, and this is a battle that we need to be be prepared for. That this is a battle that we need to be fighting, and not be apathetic about. And um, a few weeks ago, I talked about the battle of the mind. And we have lots of different voices that race through our head. But, uh, when, if we're going to win the battle, the battle on the inside between the old and the, the new self, uh, we've got to, we've got to listen to truth. We've got to see, uh, and, and believe what God says about us. And, um, as we win the battle over tr- on, in our mind over truth, as we understand what the gospel is all about, how much God loves you. Um, God loved you so much that he wanted to die for you. God loved you so much that he knew you were a sinner and he had to die for you. And in knowing what the gospel is all about, the the meaning of the cross, um, that encourages us, that, allows us that helps us to live a selfless life rather than a selfish life we want to be people who serve we want to put others ahead of ourselves Um, in understanding the gospel uh, it helps us learn how to forgive others rather than holding on to a grudge uh, when we hold on to, to a grudge, it just develops bitterness in our life. It wears at us. But in understanding all that Jesus did, did for us, how much he forgave us, it encourages us to, to forgive others rather than hold on to uh, bitterness. It encourages us to persevere and not to give up uh, and, to, and to do what's right. Over what's easy. And so we are in a fight. And Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. And we need to live our lives in such a way that we're gonna win this fight. You know, we're not just wasting our time, but we are disciplining ourselves to win the fight of faith. Now, when we talk about this battle and, uh, the war that's raging, and how we need to listen to truth over over lies, um, God gives us some weapons to fight this battle, to help us win as his children. And So I want to talk about three uh, weapons this morning that help you and I win. The first weapon is this. The first weapon is faith that comes from the word of God. Okay, I've talked about this before, but we need to be people of the book. We need to be people in God's word regularly. Because as we are in God's word regularly, it's going to it's going to give us energy. It's going to give us strength. It's going to give us the faith that we need to continue to fight the battle. When we Look at faith, the, 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 the idea of faith. It's both a, an offensive weapon as well as a defensive weapon. But primarily when it comes to faith, it's a, a defensive we- weapon. But when we have faith, the Bible says, with faith, we can do the impossible. With faith, we have the ability to move mountains with faith, God has the ability to heal. The supernatural can take place in our lives. And it's not that we have to have a whole lot of faith. Jesus says if you just have a mustard seed of faith in a great big God, God can do the extra, extraordinary in your life. Where does this faith come from? It comes from the Word of God, and we need to be in the Word regularly, daily. Susan and I had the the opportunity to go to Chickenfoot Lake uh, this this last Friday. How many know where Chickenfoot Lake is? Okay, uh, n- boy, you don't know where Chickenfoot Lake is? Cindy White, you don't know where Chickenfoot Lake is. You lived up in the Bishop area. You should know where Chickenfoot is. Chickenfoot is above Rock Creek Lake. Rock Creek Lake is near Tom's Place. It's about 11 miles off the 395, uh, uh north of, north of Bishop. And, uh, Chickenfoot Lake is at about 11,000 feet. And about four or five years ago, I took my kids uh to Chickenfoot. We hiked the Chickenfoot, and uh, I was in a little bit better shape uh you know five years ago and uh was able to accomplish that was a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous hike. I highly recommend it. Um, and I thought, man, Susan would love this place if she should she could just get up there. And uh and but a year ago, okay, a year ago, I'm thinking, you know, there neither of us were in a place physically where we could have gone to Chickenfoot Lake. But again, beginning last October, uh, Susan and I got on this exercise routine, and we've been sweating for the weddings ever since October 1st okay and we've got one wedding to go uh Emily oh and that reminds me Emily is getting married to Joseph on July the 23rd if you would like to attend that wedding and the reception we'd love for you to 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 uh be there uh to celebrate with us um, but we need your name your your legal name your um your country of birth, birth date, is that it? Okay. We need those three items today so that we can turn your names in because the reception is going to be on the base. Okay. So we need, if you don't have a base pass, uh, you're going to need to get a base pass and we will get that for you. But we need that information today if you'd like. Oh, and if you do have a base pass, if you want to come, let us know, because we want to make sure that there's enough space for everybody, okay? And I'm talking to the traditions venue as well. Uh, so see us after, after church. But, uh, getting back to Chickenfoot Lake. A year ago, there was no way we could have hiked to Chickenfoot Lake. But we've been sweating for the weddings ever since October 1st. And We have walked probably five or six days out of the week, uh, since last October. We've been exercising like crazy. In good and bad weather. Okay? We walked, we exercised, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night in the dead of winter. If you follow me on Facebook, you saw how we were de- dressed when it was 25 degrees outside. Okay? Now, before that time, I would get on these, these exercise routines, but if there was the slightest breeze outside, you know, I wasn't going exercising that day. But we were determined that we were going to be sweating for the weddings. And so we have walked and walked and walked. And we've got these Fitbits. And we can... You know, I just got a New Zealand badge the other day. I've walked all the way across New Zealand, apparently, since December. Okay? Um, But for the last nine months, we've done this. And now we were at a point where we could hike to Chicken Foot Lake. And it was Susan's first time, and it was my second time, and you know what? We did it. And we did it strong. And, and we enjoyed the day. But the reason why we were able to do that is because we had exercised all that time why am I saying this? Church, you need faith to go through this life, to fight the good fight well. And in order to have faith, a growing faith, a thriving faith, you need to be in the Word regularly. I want to say daily. Because there are going to be hills to climb, just like there were on that hill, that, that, that uh, hike to Chickenfoot Lake. I mean, this was a moderate hike, okay? But there were some periods in that hike where you had to have some stamina. I mean, you had to have some energy. You had to have some perseverance to get over the hill. And that's the way it is in the Christian life. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be fights in your life. And if you don't have the, the faith, you're going to take the easy way. You're going to grow weary and you're going to grow up and God doesn't want you to give up. But if you know the Word of God, if you know that you're in the, if you're in the Word of God, God's going to give you the faith to persevere, to, to thrive, to accomplish the goal. We need faith, and so that's where faith is is an offensive weapon. But for the most part, it's a defensive weapon, and it's a defensive weapon because we are fighting an enemy that's throwing all kinds of fiery darts our way. Look at Ephesians chapter six, verse sixteen. It says, "In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery." Aimed the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. What are some of those fiery arrows? Doubt. Discouragement. Despair. Difficulty. These are happening in our lives all the time. And God has given us armor. And one of those pieces of armor is a shield. And with that shield of faith... We're able to block the fiery arrows that the enemy is constantly throwing our way. But if we're not in the word of God, that shield is very small. And those arrows hit our minds and our lives. This is a defensive weapon. But it's not an offensive weapon. There's only one person who's used a, f- a shield as an offensive weapon, and that was Captain America. <laughs> All right? You are not Captain America. Do we have a picture of Captain America, Mark? No? We don't have a picture of Avery and we don't have a picture of Captain America. Where have we gone wrong? What's that? Oh, right there on the phone? Oh, Captain America, yeah. Howard's got it back. <laughs> did you bring that to church, Howard, or did your grand Yes. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, we we need faith. You need faith. And where does this faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. God. Romans chapter ten, verse seventeen says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Ephesians 6:17 says, "Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." Faith is our shield, and the word of God, the Bible says, is our sword. We must take the word of God and apply it to our lives. How is that how is the word a sword? How do we use it as a sword? We use it by knowing the Word of God. Uh, we use it as an offensive weapon. When Satan is throwing his fiery doubts of us, and we, we doubt, or we say we can't, when we know the Word of God, when we know His promises, we can use that sword to to wear down the enemy. Okay? We remind ourselves of His promises, of His commands, of His truth. We need the Word as an offensive sword. You know, no soldier goes into battle without being equipped. Without being, having His armor. Think of the firefighters that are fighting the fire today. Are they out there on the front lines in uh, t shirts and flip flops? No, I mean they are covered they have protection, they have shoulders, they have tools to fight the fire, and the word of God says that that we are soldiers, and God has given us armor to fight the good fight, and so we need to take god 's word seriously so that our faith will grow that it can be that shield so that the the Word of God can be that uh, uh, that lightsaber, okay, to fight the enemy. That's our first secret weapon, is the Word of God. Faith from the Word of God. The second uh, secret weapon is support from God's people. Support from God's people. I get faith from God's Word, and I get support from God's people friend god wants you in a church family god wants you in his family not just not just a universal family the universal church he wants you in a local church he wants you to be a member of god's family are you a member of a church right now For some of you, you've been attending our church from some time, and you're involved, but you're not a member. Membership is important for the Christian life. You know, that's one of the requirements, uh, that we have as a church body. Why, why does God want us to be a member? Because you are a, you are a body part of the body of Christ. God has given you a specific gift to serve in this church. And just as body parts are all joined together to make one body, God wants you to be, God God has created you to be a body part and joined with a body. He wants you in a church family. And not only just a church family where you're coming to a worship service, this this worship service is really important. We need to be with God's people and corporately worshiping our Lord and Savior. That's part of the local church, but that's not all of it. There's a smaller group that you need to be a part of, where the church meets in homes, or on Sunday morning in a Bible study class, but where the the smaller church huddles together, studies the Word of God together, asks questions, prays together, and gets to know each other's name. You can't do that in a worship service. You need a smaller group. And this is the picture of the New Testament church. They met at the temple and then they met from house to house. This is one of the secret weapons where we can fight the good fight. Philippians chapter 1 verse 30 says, we are in this fight together. Circle the word together. You can't do this fight alone. You need other people in your life. Think of the people who are fighting the fire today are they fighting the fire alone are they by themselves no they're part of a platoon they're part of a battalion there is a team of people who are fighting this fire together we don't send soldiers out alone we send them out in teams you are not the Lone Ranger when it comes to the Christian life. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, okay? Folks, you need others. And this is what God designed from the very beginning. I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but uh, this uh, last week, i uh, I shared a, a study that I came across It was actually it was a ted talk i 'm not sure if you 're familiar with TED Talks, but um, there was this uh, researcher this is uh, this gentleman was the fourth generation of this uh, research project. This research project had been going on for seventy five years It still continues today, but they have been studying uh, men uh, since World War II. And, uh, and they were wanting to, uh, they were wanting to learn what, um, what helps people to thrive. What helps people to win? What helps pe- men to, uh, find joy in life? And, uh, there were two groups that they started with. One was a group of men who were, uh, in, at, studying at Harvard. They were in their first or second year of, of uh, school at Harvard in 1940. And then there was a second group of uh, younger boys who were growing up uh, inner city. I don't know if it was New York or Boston. But uh, every year they would uh, get together with these, these, these boys growing into men. Um, and uh, they would be answering a a questionnaire. There would be uh, uh individual, um, they would get together with these researchers, and it wasn't just, you know, answering this questionnaire and turning it back in, but they would get together with these people one-on-one. They would learn about their medical history and everything over this last year, and they've been following this same group for 75 years. Now, obviously, they've not all lived, but... Um, um, but there's there's men in their 90s uh who continue to go uh through this study and, and it, what what they have learned from this research is um, you know these men didn't do well because of their economic level you know um, particular successes in their life you know, some, some, some of these men had good, good days and good lives and others had difficult lives. But what made the good lives good lives? Over and over again, they discovered it was all about relationships. If they were well connected to other people, if relationships were important to them, They were happy. They were successful. You know, that's not a new thing, church. God knew this from the very beginning. God doesn't want you to live an isolated life. I think this is one of the reasons why women live longer than men. Okay? They know, they understand the value of relationships. But relationships is important to everyone and i know some of you you know this doesn't come naturally to you you know you're not naturally a, a fred henderson or a matt cropley and, and you just talk to anyone or a, or a loria choa or a cindy white but regardless of your personality god wants you in relationship with others and that's why he designed the church. That's why he, the church was gathering in small groups where they could get to learn to know other people and to encourage each other. And if you're a loner, if you're an island unto yourself, that's not God's plan for your life. And you need to find some connections. I'm excited about uh, having spent breakfast with a couple men in our church, uh, Stephen Schwerin and uh, Noah Harnick, yesterday morning. and uh, They are eager to see men's ministry begin again. And, uh, and so this is going to be launching again uh, July or August. We're not certain of the date right now, but stay tuned. But guys... You need others in your life. You can't go it alone. And these men in this study thrived because they had found the value of relationship. And God knew that from the very beginning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, You should not stay away from church meetings as some are doing. Instead, you should meet together and encourage each other. Others need you, and you need others. At church, and church isn't something that's to happen in your life once or twice a month. It should be happening weekly. You should be in life groups, small groups, weekly. You know, think about that logic. If you're not in the Word, if you're not in church more than once a week, if that's the only time you were to get a physical meal, physically you would be anorexic. You need the Word. You need time with God every single day and weekly. Think about a soldier. Think about the firemen going to war or fighting the fire. What if they just got a meal once a week? Or once every two or three weeks? They wouldn't be able to do the job. And yet that's what you're doing to your life spiritually. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says, One standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and a group of three is even be- better. A strand of three cords is not easily broken. Emily and Joseph are going to be uh, uh, uniting their lives in uh, holy matrimony in, in three weeks. They're not doing a uni- unity candle. Uh, they're doing a cord of three three strands. And that's illustrative of this passage of Scripture this morning. You need others. You can't do it alone. And that is the second weapon that will help us to fight the good fight of faith. The word, people. And then the third weapon, Power from God's Spirit. Power from God's Spirit. You know, what I'm talking about this morning, some of you may be getting a little rather overwhelmed. You're thinking to yourself, Pastor, you want me to add one more or two more things to my day or my week? Pastor, you don't know my life. You don't know my schedule. And, uh, and here you hear me talk about being in God's Word daily and you're wiping noses and wiping bottoms constantly. You know, who has time to be in the Word of God? <laughs> and, uh, nine months ago I probably couldn't have blown up this balloon. you're thinking of all these things and you're thinking, gosh, Pastor, it's one more thing I've got to juggle. You want me to forgive others? You want me to uh, uh, live a selfless life and uh, and uh, do what God wants you, me to do and, and be in the Word and, and uh, be involved in other people's lives? And it's just go, 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 go. And as long as you think of it, In those terms, my friend, that's the way life is gonna feel and you're gonna get weary and you're gonna get, you're gonna give up. We don't get our power through ourselves. This air was filled with what was on my inside. That's not the way God wants us to live. There's another way. this balloon filled with what was inside me? No. It was filled with what was inside this tank. This tank represents the cross. This tank represents the Spirit of God. And when we believe God's Word, when we rely on the Holy Spirit when we trust when we when we believe that he can when we can't we don't have to fight the battle we don't have to keep the balloon in the air it's the holy spirit who does it for us your power and my power church comes from God, how do we rely on the Holy? How do we know we're relying on the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the ways you know that you're relying on the Holy Spirit is you're a person of prayer. You know, you're you're giving things to God. You're you're realizing that you can't, and you need God in you to do this. You can't forgive. You can't let it go. But through the cross, by understanding truth and all God has done for you, how much God loves you and forgiven you for, yeah, he does give you the ability, the power to forgive and to let it go. Our secret weapon is the Holy Spirit. First John four four says My dear children, you belong to God and have defeated them because God's Spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. You need the armor of God. You need every piece of the armor of God. And this hasn't been a a study in the armor of God, but go back and read Ephesians chapter 6 and learn what the pieces of the armor are. Ephesians 6.13 says, "Every Use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle you will be standing firm. Part of the, the armament of putting on the armor of God is understanding that you're a child of God. That's where it begins. And my question to you this morning is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? That's, that's where it begins. Because when you know that you're saved... Ephesians says that's the helmet of our salvation. The helmet is our salvation. And you need to know that you are a child of God. And how you become a child of God is understanding that you're a sinner. That your sin separates you from God. But you don't have to stay separated. Christ paid the price, he encountered God's wrath so that you wouldn't have to. And if you'll just choose to believe that Christ died for your sin and that he didn't stay dead, but three days later he came from the grave, if you believe that, and surrender your life to Christ, you become his child. John chapter five, verse, verses four and five says, "Every child of God defeats this evil world by trusting Christ to give the victory, And the one who wins this battle are the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We're in a battle. And this battle is real. And this battle is not physical. It is spiritual. And if we're going to succeed, if we're going to win this fight, we need to be a child of God because we can't do it any other way. We must give our lives to Him. And then be encouraged through God's Word. Allow God's Word to feed our faith. Be a part of God's church where we can find that emotional and spiritual support that we need in this fight and rely on God's Spirit. Where are you this morning? Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's where it begins. Are you winning the battle Is this worship service just a a once-a-month or twice-a-month routine? God wants you here weekly. Not just here, but in a smaller group where you can know other people and other people can know you and you can be encouraged through the Word of God. That's God's plan for all of us to fight the good fight. My prayer for all of us is what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. When Paul said to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have the privilege of doing lots of funerals. Some of the funerals that I've done have been of family members who didn't fight the good fight of faith. And there were family members sitting in those chairs who were wondering, where are they today? Are they in the presence of God? Or are they somewhere else? And they didn't have the hope. They didn't have the assurance. When it comes to my funeral, I don't want there to be any doubts in my kids' lives or in my grandkids' or hopefully my great-grandkids' lives. I want them to be able to know where their pa is. But in order to leave the next generation with that kind of assurance, we've got to be fighting the good fight now. And you might be thinking to, oh, it is so time consuming. I'm going to have to say no to some things that I really enjoy right now. You know what? When you're full of the Holy Spirit, it's it's easier to say no to some of the temptations of this life. Because and giving into the temptations of this life It doesn't lead to prosperity. It doesn't lead to peace. It just leads to brokenness. Heartache. And God wants to protect you from all those things. And God does when we fight the good fight of faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. The truth of scripture. God, I know that there are people in our service this morning. Life is a struggle. And even for the Christian, life is a struggle. Yet, God, you don't want us to go through this struggle alone. You want us to have a partner. You want us to have a family where we can draw strength and encouragement from. You want us to be in your word, where our faith can grow, where we can be reminded of the fact that God, it's all about you and it's all about your Holy Spirit working in and through us. If you're here this morning and if you're without a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to leave here this morning without Christ. We're here because we want to share with you how to personally receive Christ into your life. And if that's your desire this morning, we're going to sing this song of worship. If you need to talk to someone this morning, there are going to be counselors out in the dining hall who are ready and eager to share with you this morning. If you need to make that decision, take this opportunity during this time of worship to dismiss yourself and go talk with one of them in a dining hall. Father, thank you. May your, may your praise always be on our lips in the good as well as the bad. Help us to persevere. Help us to fight so that when you return, oh, we can look like Mary who was eagerly prepared prepared to join her husband. What a beautiful picture of the church and your coming again. Bless this time of worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we sing?